The Lord be with you. And also. Lift up your hearts. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west, the cool of the north touches the calm of the south, the transcendent power of Almighty God touches earth. In the humility of Christ, we gather to worship together, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. We gather here our actual congregation at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, our radio congregation through New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and around the globe our world listenership at WBUR.org. Beloved, we invite your responses by email and at website. We solicit your support through our online giving, and we encourage your presence here in worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice to be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
and might, the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name, increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and bring forth in us the fruit of good works through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for a time of silent confession during the singing of the Kyrie. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. A lesson from Paul's epistle to the Philippians, chapter 1, verses 6 through 20. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to you to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that on the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, beloved, that what has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole Imperial Guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ and most of the brothers and sisters, having been made confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, dare to speak the word with greater boldness and without fear. Some proclaim Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. These proclaim Christ out of love, knowing that I have been put here for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but intending to increase my suffering in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Just this, that Christ is proclaimed in every way, whether out of false motives or true, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will result in my deliverance. It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in any way, but that by my speaking with all boldness, Christ will be exalted now as always in my body, whether by life or by death. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let us say together verses from Psalm 105. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known God's deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wonderful works. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done, his miracles, and the judgment he uttered. O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Then Israel came to Egypt. Jacob lived as an alien in the land of Ham. And the Lord made his people very fruitful and made them stronger than their foes, whose hearts he then turned to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants. He sent his servant Moses and Aaron, whom he had chosen, that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. They will wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. And now, friends, I invite you to rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri, the reading of the Gospel, and the singing of the hymn. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 16, verses 21 through 28. Glory to you, O Lord. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, Lord Christ. Listen in love to the cadence of mystery that falls upon us in the gospel. I am thankful for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Our commonwealth is in heaven. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. If there is anything excellent, think on these Things. Have no anxiety about anything, but in all things, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. These ancient inspired words come to us from the loveliest of Paul's letters, that to the Philippians, this is the loveliest street on the urban map of Paul's epistolary literature, and we delight to hear in grace its mystery, wonder, and love, especially the first of these sublime sentences, which is our text today. I am thankful for your partnership your koinonia, your fellowship, your friendship, your sharing, your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Intimations of partnership surround you. Our commonwealth is in heaven, but we live along 
Commonwealth Avenue, do we not? You may stroll, lollygag, walk this afternoon to Fairfield and Commonwealth, and there you may find yourself nose to nose, eye to eye, with a great soul narrative partner. She among the women's memorials, she will look you in the eye. She's there very steadily. She's often, almost always there when I go. I mean, I haven't been there once when Abigail Adams was not standing awaiting your visit at Fairfield and Commonwealth. You look her in the eye and she will look through you. You will hear the echoes around her of Boston, the cradle of liberty. Yes, you will see something of old Ironsides reflected there. You will notice Bunker Hill and remember its story. You will name Paul Revere, one if by land and two if by sea, and I on the opposite shore will be. You will feel as if you're treading along the edge of Boston Harbor with its lingering, faint aroma of tea leaves. There she is. You know, some of the best things in life are free, and some of the choicest are right nearby. We lived for some years in western New York, an hour from Niagara Falls, a beautiful land landscape. But you know, we would meet people who had never seen the falls, neither the American side nor the Canadian side. Oh, we, we, we meant to go, but something came up and we just didn't get there. Or we lived for some years just an hour south of Montreal, but there were people both north of the border, Canadian, and south of the border, American, who had never been up Mount Royal to see the island on which the city rests, to notice the flow of the St. Lawrence, to look up into the beauty of the southern foothills of the Adirondacks. We lived for a few years right along Riverside Drive in upper Manhattan on the west side. And you know there are people, Yankees fans, who have never taken a moment, a day, to go to West Point. Now, I'm not criticizing Yankees fans. I wouldn't do that. But they would say, oh, we just didn't have time. I, I don't like to drive. It's not something I intended to do. And there are people in Boston, there are students at Boston University who may spend a year or two or three without that conversation that needed tete-a-tete with Abigail Adams because she and John are an intimation, a harbinger of partnership and what an experience of really being alive can be. They knew over time that their letters would be read later on, and so they recopied them. You can hear their voices. Listen to Abigail writing to John. John, it's well known. Your sex is highly tyrannical. It needs no proof. And he responding to Abigail from the nation's capital in the time of war and saying, I have no letter from you. A week, a fortnight, a month, when will you write? Yet how can I complain because one of your letters is worth four of mine? There is gospel in partnership. Now, Paul is not writing about Commonwealth Avenue. He's writing about our Commonwealth, Philippians 3.20, that is, of heaven. Yours is a divine, a heavenly commonwealth. He knows about the street on which you live, but he's lifting your sights and ours and his hearers and readers to this day. It is his sense of partnership which kindled a conflagration out of a prison cell in Rome, perhaps, in 58 AD, perhaps, 
a burning fire that was not quenched or squelched or put out by all the challenges of the Roman Empire for nearly 300 years. A fire that's burning today and beckons 19-year-olds and 81-year-olds to come alongside and experience the freedom, the grace of partnership. That is, in Philippians, Paul selects his running mates. Oh, we are in a season of running mates, aren't we? How convenient, you know? Paul is naming his individual running mates later. He'll name Epaphroditus and Udiah and Syntyche and Sisygus, but, and aren't you glad your parents didn't name you any of those names, but he calls here to his full partnership, all his hearers, all his readers, and you and you all and we together. The Spaniards have a saying, it's a good one, dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres. You tell me with whom you walk, and I will tell you who you are. And this one word, koinonia, fits delicately into the full range of Paul's structured thought about the church. It's based on revelation. It's apocalypsed to him, whether and it's built on the readings of the Hebrew scripture, like Exodus 3 and the burning bush, and it's built on the experience of the church recorded in Matthew, where still they're hoping, though it didn't occur, to see the Son of Man before some have tasted death. It's built on something beyond even experience, apocalypsis, a revelation. For Paul, the partnership of the gospel, the church, is a community of faith working through love. It's a place, this is a place come Sunday, every day, when there is the potential for a transsubjective encounter, a transpersonal engagement, a re-socialization, a change, a transformation. Some of your best teachers over time will not be people you've met, but Robin Scroggs, whose book I, books I know, has taught me carefully to watch in Paul for the crossroads that lead to the commonwealth of heaven. There is a crossroad that guides us. Here it's partnership. You know, in Boston, not every single street is carefully marked with a street sign. Most of them are but there are just a few, one or two, three or four, that are, are missing or somebody took them. But in a way, that's an approximation healthy to life because many of the signposts for which we search are a little bit blurred. Scroggs reminded us that Paul set sail from the familiar shoreline, the horizon of his inherited religious tradition, and left it behind. For what? For, for spirit, for where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And what are the signposts? Well, there's liberation, there's mutuality, there's equality, there's discernment. I mean by that joyful liberation. I mean reciprocal mutuality. I mean gracious equality. I mean communal discernment. There are places where we get a sense that we're crossing over on Fairfield to pause for a moment with partners in Commonwealth. Sometimes they're clearer still. Freedom, peace, love, mutual upbuilding. It was Mr. John Wesley who said again and again that the gospel is known as we watch over one another in love. We are gathered in the partnership of the gospel. This text would allow us to search across our experience here on a two-mile-long strip of a campus at Boston University. There's hardly any better place for you, walk, listen, and learn, 
to learn something of the world's great religious traditions. And for all their differences, they at points of depth seize too, as Paul does today with us, the koinonia, the depth of grace, freedom, and love. You can start at the Hindu Vedanta Center on Deerfield and walk to the Newman Center, stop for some refreshment at the Hillel House, pause on Friday at the Islamic Center, come to Marsh Chapel where religious life is rooted and grounded in koinonia, community, fellowship, friendship, sharing, partnership. These great religious traditions have everything to offer us. We need not fear, difference. Why faith for Paul is exactly the freedom from fear, the freedom from that self-absorption of continuously trying to achieve our salvation when we know that health, healing, is based not on what we achieve, but on what we receive. I give you Martin Buber, said he, not all of the human being's life is spent in the regions of transitive verbs. No, not all in doing, following, acting, ascending, descending. There is, he said, something higher, something better, something more heavenly at the intersection of Fairfield and Kamev, I mean at the intersection of Koinonia and Uranos. I mean in the partnership of the gospel where faith speaks to faith and heart speaks to heart. People, said Thurman, all people belong to one another. You see, my friends, uh, this matter of running mates I love the phrase. I love the running. I love the mates. I love the running mates. I love the whole color and hue of it. It says so much. We become who we are through and with those around us. And it's the selection and election and choice of running mates that will shape our life this year. Running mates aren't only the province of campaigns and televised political conventions and presidential candidates. The main running mates in your life are the ones you choose, the ones you choose to walk alongside. You think for a moment of those partnerships which have influenced you and others deeply. There's something about a bond, Ecclesiastes 4.12, a threefold cord is not easily broken. It's in the Bible, there it is. There's something about a bond, you know. Maybe it's an athletic team, a sports engagement, and there you're experiencing together something that could not have been done individually, the whole very much more than the sum of the parts. Or maybe it's that couple in public leadership, in institutional leadership, wife and husband together, who gain and give trust because they exude and exemplify between themselves a sense of trust. That's what helps people, a sense that that bond might be an example of and for many others. That sense of of partnership that comes, yes, it can come even in a faculty, in a school, where over many decades, sitting in a circle together, teachers can look and speak and remind one another, I am not God and you are not God and we are not God together. All God's people all around the world, yes, we are not God together. We can speak with, for, to one another and build one another up. In this season, next week, we will have our matriculation service here at Marsh Chapel. We encourage your attendance. Many of our students are now returning. We pray for our students in this season, between fall of 2008 and that moment, I guarantee you, just a click away of May 2012, that your partnership in the gospel, your friendships will be blessed, that you may listen and speak, 
and master the gracious gifts and modes of camaraderie and befriend and so become befriended and leave behind your primary identity of hearth and home and receive your identity, your second identity of hope and horizon. We pray for decisions made. You become who you are by the choices you make. Growing confidence, growing courage, a willingness to choose to learn and to learn to choose so that over time your primary identity becomes your secondary identity, your adult identity, your real soul self. We pray especially for your intuitions. Jan and I came here largely to engage in conversation with the next generation about vocation, calling, intuition, insight, a sense of purpose where, as Beekner said, your deepest passion meets the world's greatest need. We pray for your friendships and we pray for your decisions and especially we pray that you will learn the tongue of calling and master the language of vocation. The health of this planet in part depends upon it. And yes, for Marsh Chapel there is a calling too. Some of our choristers have returned and some of our students to leave. And for that we're grateful. Your sense of partnership, the preaching of a responsible Christian liberalism, includes the temporal involvement in the world around. A little bit more Tillich than Bart, a little bit more Wesley than Whitfield, a little bit more King than Cone, a little Augustine, but a little Pelagius as well. Your sense of partnership includes a universal dimension, an openness to the world's traditions near and far. Not so much religion as faith. People ask, are you religious? And I say, every human is religious. And I say, I'm not interested in organized religion. I'm interested in well-organized religion, and it's a rare thing if you can find it. We're gathered out of a sense of the universal capacity. We're gathered out of a sense of love. What other measure will there be? And out of imagination. We need an imagination proclamation, and especially out of a sense of empowerment that together, in gospel partnership, we may experience happiness truly in being alive. So temporal, universal, loving, imaginative, and powerful, you are tulips all, grow, open, blossom, bloom where you are planted. Beloved, the partnership of the gospel is really a question to you. In tradition and text, such a partnership is opened to us. But the real question is whether in this season we will open ourselves to such a koinonia. We need partnership, male and female poor and rich, gay and straight, liberal and conservative, school and university, university and church, chapel and university. The future lies on that intersection of Fairfield and Commonwealth. No, I mean on the intersection of Koinonia and a Commonwealth fit for heaven. That is, will you embrace, will you embrace in the heart a gospel partnership. Will you let love be genuine? Hate what is evil? Hold fast what is good? Love one another with mutual affection? Outdo one another in showing honor? Never lag in zeal? Be ardent in spirit? Serve the Lord? Rejoice in your hope? Be patient in tribulation? Be constant in prayer? Contribute to the needs of the saints? Practice hospitality, I am thankful for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Amen.
As we prepare our hearts for prayer, I invite you to stand, to sit, or come forward to kneel at the altar if it is your tradition to do so. Now let us sing together the call to prayer, hymn 473, Lead Me, Lord. God, Yahweh, I am, thou who changest not, we lift your name in praise for your love is everlasting and your mercy endures forever. With joy and thanksgiving, we publicly proclaim the wonderful blessings you have given us. We give you thanks for the soaring magnificence of mountain ranges and the deep depths of canyons, the spacious skies, the calming pastures of green and nourishing fields of grain, the cool, fresh, sparkling waters and the cycle of the seasons. We praise you, Father, for these are just a few of your wonders. Thank you for the beauty of your creation and all that is within it. We are grateful for dreams that allow us to consider possibilities, to think outside of the box. As we welcome our new congregants and our returning congregants, we are thankful that we are able to worship together freely, thankful that we are able to extend our congregation beyond these walls via the radio and the internet. We thank you for the diverse gifts you have given us according to your grace. As we begin to plan and organize for this year as a congregation, renew our minds, Lord. Transform us so that we will freely volunteer to use our gifts to strengthen this church community and honor you through teaching, preaching, serving, leading, encouraging, giving, and forgiving. O oh Lord, our strength and our fortress, our refuge in time of distress, bless those who are facing illness, death, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, earthquakes, loss, uncertainty, hunger, hate, and other forms of despair. As governments focus more on developing the tools to make war rather than tending to the basic needs of their people, we pray for peace. Comfort those who are caught in the crossfire. We pray for our country's leaders as well as the leaders throughout the world. Touch their hearts and renew their spirits to work together to make progress towards peace. We pray for military members and first responders. Thank you for the selfless sacrifices they make in their service to others. We pray that they, their friends and families seek guidance and comfort in you. We also ask a special blessing for people who have returned from combat zones as they struggle with the transition to normalcy. Heavenly Father, you said if we repent, you will restore us so that we may serve you. So we confess our sins and with humble hearts we seek your forgiveness. We open our hearts to the Holy Spirit for renewal so that we may approach others with sincere love, patience and understanding instead of an appearance of love fueled by pride, arrogance and selfishness. Lord, you taught us to pray and you told us to pray persistently so that we will hear and recognize your voice when you answer. And as a congregation, we pray these things in the name of your greatest gift, your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, 
and pray together as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dearest friends, we are deeply happy that you have decided to come alongside us this morning here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue in the heart of Boston University. We hope that you will allow us in the coming week and over the coming year to accompany you as we journey together through the coming school year. You can begin to join with us in the partnership of the gospel by filling out the ritual of friendship, i.e. the pads at the end of each pew, so that, you, so that we can get to know one another. We invite those who attend regularly to fill it out each week. You can continue to join us in the partnership of the gospel by joining us on the BU Beach just outside the chapel, following the service for a barbecue lunch. And then at 1 p.m., a group of us will depart for the JFK Library for a visit there this afternoon. At 4.30 this afternoon, we hope you might be able to make it for Terrier Tailgate before the soccer game tonight up at Nickerson Field. I would encourage you to review the brochure found in your bulletin to see all of our upcoming first week events and also see our very large notice board in the narthex. I would note that our study groups begin next Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. in the basement of Marsh Chapel, and we hope you will find time to join us as we study Paul and engage in spiritual formation. The first edition of our e-newsletter is coming out this week. You can sign up to receive the newsletter on our website, bu.edu chapel. And we would also encourage, as we turn to the giving and receiving of our gifts, for those of you who find it more convenient, online giving is now available through our website, again, bu.edu chapel. I now welcome to the lectern Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett, our director of music, to bring greetings to you from the choir. Good morning and welcome. Welcome back to Marsh Chapel, to Boston University, and to Boston. If you're new in town, we're very happy you're here, and we're looking forward to greeting you. I want to give two words of thanks to you and one word of welcome. Uh, the, the first word of thanks is to my colleague and my partner in music, Justin Blackwell, for helping me organize uh, the music for this summer, uh, this summer session. Thank you, Justin. The second word of thanks is to our summer choir. We are, as we begin the year, we also end the summer and we have surveyed a rarely performed cycle of motets by the Renaissance composer Giovanni di Palestrina. And uh, they are a survey of Palestrina's musical musings and settings of some of the more poetic uh, verses from the Hebrew scriptures. Let's say that. Um, <laughs> but it's been a marvelous experience to do these 29 motets over the summer, and I'm very grateful to those of you who have been here uh, Sunday after Sunday in the summer, and we also welcome 
back returning members of the choir. And as we welcome them back, we invite you to consider joining the Marsh Chapel Choir. We rehearse Thursday nights. Uh, we are an auditioned ensemble, but we welcome one and all, any among you who are interested in singing. Students, community members, all are welcome. Come at 6 o'clock the next couple of Thursdays, and we'll be happy to meet you and greet you. Now walk in love as Christ loved us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
nurturing God, take these gifts that we offer to you and let them take root and grow into an expression of your glory. Indeed, that this offertory be not the end of our commitment, but the beginning of our partnership with each other and you. That through our labor, we can cultivate a harvest of righteousness. Amen. May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. Amen. 